What is up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back. We are back. We are back. It is Thursday, May 26th, and we are back. I want to welcome everybody into episode seven of the Baseball Fanatic Podcast. My name is Troy. I will be your host on this journey, and we are just past the unofficial, air quotes, quarter mark of the baseball season. So our show today is packed. We've got a lot to talk about on the baseball front. I'm going to give y'all my award contenders uh, at the quarter mark, and we are going to look back at the two series that we covered on Monday's episode. We're going to look ahead to three series for the weekend coming up. And we are, of course, going to give part three of Start Bench DFA, as this is a Thursday episode. And, of course, I cannot forget that we will be giving our random player of the episode. You can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible. You can find the video version on YouTube. You can follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Just search for the Baseball Fanatic Podcast. Or on Instagram, search for Troy Brock, I think. I'm not really sure how Instagram works. I'm trying to get into that, into that social media. I've had an Instagram for years. Don't know how it works. Don't ever use it. You can find my writings on Medium. Just go to medium.com and search for Troy Brock. All things the Baseball Fanatic Podcast, all things plug in the stuff, and we are done with that. And we are going to jump right into some talking points that I have for today. Some major things going on as we are past, again, the unofficial quarter mark of the baseball season. And the first thing I have to talk about today is Aaron Judge on whether or not he will break the 60 home run mark. So he is on pace currently for over 60 home runs. And it is very likely that he could keep up this pace and break 60 home runs and have a 60 plus home run season. However, the New York Yankees have over the past week and a half or so, been riddled with COVID and riddled with injuries. Joey Gallo just came off the COVID list, and he's back in the lineup. But John Carlos Stanton just made his way to the 10-day IL, which he will probably be on for longer than 10 days. And even if he does come back in the 10 days, it's John Carlos Stanton. So it's very likely that with his injury history, he will get hurt again and be back on the IL. And I said all that to say that pitchers don't have to pitch to Aaron Judge with all of those guys missing from the lineup. Prior to the COVID going on in the clubhouse and John Carlos Stanton being on the injured list, as well as other guys, you pretty much had to pitch to Aaron Judge. You pretty much had to pitch to everybody to try to get them out because their lineup was just so stacked with power between Gallo, Judge, Stanton, Rizzo. It was just so stacked with power. You pretty much had to pitch to his pick your poison. And for some reason, guys continued to pitch to Aaron Judge, and he continued to put 
balls in the seats and provide fans with souvenirs that they could take home. Um, but right now with all those guys hurt on COVID, blah, 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 they don't have to pitch to Aaron Judge. They can pitch around him. They don't have to try and get him out by, you know, here's my fastball. See if you can hit it. Oh, there it goes, 480 feet. So I personally don't think that Aaron Judge can break the 60 home run mark because not only is that a factor, another factor is his current career high for a single season is 52 home runs. And he did that in 2017. And he hasn't come close to 50 home runs since then, much less 60 home runs. And Aaron Judge, he's he's six foot seven and like 250, 260 pounds. He's injury prone also. It's it's he played a full season last year, but who's to say that he can do that again this year? He's never played a full season, a full 162 game season in back-to-back years. So who's to say he could do that this year? And there's just so many factors that are playing against Aaron Judge breaking the 60 home run mark that it just doesn't seem likely. Um, I don't think he will do it. If he does, awesome. Congratulations. Whether he does or whether he doesn't break 60 home runs, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to keep up with because it's, it's, it's very rare nowadays, even as prolific as the home run is in baseball, it's extremely rare for us to get a 60 home run season. It's extremely rare for us to, well, not extremely. It's, it's rare for us to get a 50 plus home run season. So it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I like Aaron judge. I'm not a Yankees fan. I don't like the Yankees, but I do like Aaron judge. He seems like a good dude. Um, he seems like he loves baseball and has fun enjoying the game. Um, so, you know, I'm all for him being the first in years to break 60 home runs, but I just I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't think anybody's going to break 60 home runs this year, especially with the way the ball is playing on the East Coast as opposed to the West Coast right now. Maybe once the weather warms up, the ball will start playing the way they intended it to. Um, but that's a conversation for a whole other day. Next up, we've got CJ Crone and his astronomical start to the season. So for those of you that don't know, CJ Crone is in his second year with the Colorado Rockies. Both years, he has been an everyday player for them because when you're a member of the Colorado Rockies, you're pretty much an everyday player, regardless of what you are on other teams, because they're not that great. Um, before his two years in Colorado, he was a journeyman. He spent his first four seasons with the a- Angels. And then after that, he's been a journeyman. He has not been an everyday player for a team in years until, like I said, his stint now with the Colorado Rockies. And he is off to a astronomical start at the plate. He has 12 home runs so far, 33 RBI. He's hitting over 300 in the batting average department. His own base percentage is up in the uh, up in the 300s. You know, slugging over 500, close to 600. Good start to the season. However, 
if you take a deeper dive into CJ Crone's stats and into his splits, you will find that much like most guys that play 81 of their games at Coors Field, his home road splits are drastically different. So at home, he is hitting 398, 444, 745. He has nine home runs at home and 26 RBI at home. On the road, he's hitting 197, 230, 394, only three home runs on the road and only seven RBI on the road. So it's a 201 point drop off in batting average, a 214 point drop off in on base percentage, and a 351 point drop off in slugging percentage between his home and road splits. That is insane how drastic that is. And of course, like I said, it's the course field effect. There, most guys that play at Coors Field, they get a boost in their in their offensive production because of the Coors Field effect. The air is thinner there; they're a mile high as far as altitude goes, and the baseball just flies differently there. It, it doesn't; it's not as there's not as much drag on the ball when it's in the air. So it flies farther, it goes farther. I, I think they said that at Coors Field, a ball usually flies about 10 feet farther than at any uh, than at sea level. So the ball just plays differently there. Of course, there are exceptions to the rule. Um, Nolan Arenado being one of them. He's a guy that spent the first chunk of his career in Colorado, and now he is in... St. Louis with the Cardinals, and his offense hasn't dropped off as much. He's still hitting home runs at a good clip. Um, He's still hitting for average, getting on base. He's still just a good hitter. Uh, DJ LeMahieu being another one. He left the Rockies, and he still hits the ball pretty well. He's not a home run guy, and he wasn't really a home run guy in Colorado, but he's he's a hit for average guy, get on base guy. And he still does that even outside of Coors Field. One guy that I've always been curious to see, but hopefully we'll never find out, is Charlie Blackman. We'll never see how productive he can be at the plate outside of Coors Field because I'm pretty sure he's going to spend, he's going to be a guy that spends the entirety of his career with one team, which is great. I'm all for that. I hope that Charlie Blackman spends the entirety of his career with one team. Um, there are a majority of teams that have guys on their roster who should only spend their career with that one team because they are that team. Like Charlie Blackman with the Rockies, with the Yankees, it was Brett Gardner. They should have re-signed him. Even if he doesn't play every day, he should still be on the roster because he, he, he is that team. Um, with the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, um, Paul Goldschmidt should, probably should have stayed with the Diamondbacks, even though they're garbage. <laughs> He's not garbage, but he was a Diamondback. Uh, Albert Pujols with the Cardinals when he left and went to the Angels, he should have stayed with the Cardinals. Of course, now full circle, he's back with the Cardinals. 
um, and spending the last year or two of his career with the Cardinals. But he was a guy that should have stayed with the Cardinals. Freddie Freeman, a guy that should have stayed with the Braves for the entirety of his career. In, in no way should he be on the Dodgers right now. In no world should that be a thing. He should still be an Atlanta Brave, but he's not. But not every team has a guy like that that should spend the entirety of their career with the same organization. But there are a majority of teams that do have guys like that. But back to C.J. Crone. With his home road splits being that drastic, even though he's hitting over 300, he has 12 home runs, 33 RBI currently on base percentage in the high 300, slugging over 500, close to 600. He should not be in the National League MVP discussion. And that's not to say that I've heard him in the MVP discussion, but... If for some reason he can keep this up, he he shouldn't sniff the National League MVP. He shouldn't there, it, it, there he should not be he should not finish top three in National League MVP voting. He should he probably shouldn't even finish top five in National League MVP vote, voting because his splits are so drastic. If they were closer, if he was hitting three fifty at home and two eighty on the road, you know maybe. But he's not. He's hitting 398 at home and 197 on the road. He's got nine home runs at home, three on the road. He's not an MVP. He could be the Rockies could vote him MVP of the Rockies if that's what they want to do. That's fine. I have no problem with that. But he's not the National League MVP. He shouldn't be considered for the National League MVP. He should be the Rockies All-Star. I mean, he's probably their best hitter right now. He should should be their All-Star representative. But... He should not be the National League MVP. He shouldn't come close to it. But enough about C.J. Crone. Back to Freddie Freeman. Uh, Next, we're going to talk about how the Braves have not been the same this year without Freddie Freeman firmly entrenched in the middle of their lineup. The Braves are a team, last year they got off to a slow start. They waited until August before they decided it was time to play baseball. And then they went on a historic run and won the World Series, and they very much can't be doing the same thing again this year. But it's just the Braves look like a completely different team now that Freddie Freeman's gone. They don't have a guy in the middle of their lineup providing the 300 batting average, the close to 400 on-base percentage, and the 30-plus home runs that Freddie Freeman provided, plus the just the, the the leadership that Freddie Freeman provided in the clubhouse, they don't have a clear leader. When you looked at the Braves before this year, you could look at the Braves and you could say, that's Freddie Freeman's club. You walked into the multiple players, uh, Mark DeRosa on MLB Central, he went and visited the Braves. He went in their clubhouse one one day last year. I think he said it was last year. And he and he said that this is Freddie Freeman's clubhouse. There's no doubt about that. And they don't have a guy that can step up and be that leader in the absence of Freddie Freeman. Ozzie Albies is probably the closest guy to it. Um, but uh, Ronald Acuna is not that guy. He may be their best player. Now that Freddie Freeman's gone, but he's not a leader, and it has nothing to do with age. It just has to do with personality. 
it, it doesn't matter how old you are. Age is not an issue when it comes to whether or not you could be a leader. It depends on your personality. It depends on if you have the capability to lead a bunch of guys. And Ronald Acuna Jr., from what I've seen and things that I've read, he doesn't have that capability. He, he constantly butts heads with Brian Snitker. Um, he he either <laughs> he either over hustles or under hustles. There's really no middle ground with him, and the over hustling always gets him hurt. Then the under hustling hurts the team, um, and it's just he's a guy that to touch on the conversation from earlier. He's not a guy that I could see spending the entirety of his career with the Atlanta Braves. He signed through his age 28 season. So at the youngest, he will be 28 once he hits free agency. However, they the Braves do have two team options at the back end of that contract, which could keep him an Atlanta Brave through the age of 30, um, which I could very much see them doing, especially if he continues to be one of the top hitters in the game and can stay healthy. But once that contract's up, I very much see Ronald Acuna Jr. Excuse me. I very much see Ronald Acuna Jr. leaving down and going elsewhere, taking his talents elsewhere because, like I said, he's constantly butting heads with Brian Snicker. Brian Snicker's a good manager. There's, 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 there's no reason for the Braves to fire Brian Snicker just because Ronald Acuna Jr. butts heads with him. Um I know that there's a lot of thinking that, you know, you should cater to your star player and so on and so forth, but they just had Freddie Freeman and they didn't cater to him. And so why, what, what would make it seem like they're going to cater to Ronald Acuna Jr.? Um, Freddie Freeman, they should have opened the purse strings for Freddie Freeman. In, in, in no world should he be a Los Angeles Dodger right now? He should be in the middle of the Braves lineup where he was for the past 10 years doing what he does instead of being in the middle of the best lineup in baseball, um, still doing what he's done for the past 10 years. He, he, he hasn't missed a beat. He, he came out of the gates a little slowly, but he's back doing Freddie Freeman things, hitting the ball like Freddie Freeman does, getting on base, hitting home runs. And he should be doing that as an Atlanta Brave. Um, I'm not a Braves fan. I've said that a hundred times on this podcast, but I, I, I live in Alabama, so I'm surrounded by Braves fans. And it, I, <laughs> Freddie Freeman should be an Atlanta Brave. He's the guy you look at and and said, "Oh, the Atlanta Braves, Freddie Freeman." He's the first player you thought of when you thought of the Atlanta Braves. He was this generation's Chipper Jones, and now he's across the country playing for the Dodgers. Again, as part of the best lineup in baseball, but he shouldn't be. He should. He should still be. He should still be uh, a member of the Atlanta Braves, and that's coming from a guy whose favorite team is in the National League East, and had to face Freddie Freeman nineteen times a year. He should still be an Atlanta Brave. It's just, it's not right. It's not right. And I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I've said it. I've said it from the moment the season was over. I said it all last year that they should have extended him. From the moment he became a free agent, I, I said that 
they should open the purse strings, give him a blank check, do whatever they needed to do to sign him and keep him a brave for the rest of his career. Up until when he signed with the Dodgers, even after that, I just I talked about how he should still be a brave and how it's just it makes no sense that the Braves didn't say, Okay, Freddie, we'll give you whatever you want. Be a brave. Stay with us. Because now they have Matt Olson, who he's not a drastic drop off. He's defensively he might be an upgrade than Freddie. But at the plate, he's not going to hit for the batting average that Freddie Freeman does. He's not going to get on base as much as Freddie Freeman does. He might hit for the same power, but the Braves right now don't have anyone that's going to hit for average and get on base the way that Freddie Freeman did. And it's showing because they're, the, their guy with the highest batting average is Acuna. And he's played half the games that the rest of the team has played. And he's injury prone, so he might get hurt again today and miss more time. And then after him, it's, it's Ozzy Albies, who just got his batting average up over 250 in this series against the Phillies. And that's what the Braves are missing. The Braves are missing a guy that can hit for average, get on base, and provide power. They don't have that. Acuna having his average up near 300, that's not sustainable for him. He's not a guy that's going hit, to hit 300 over a full season. He's going to be closer to the 270, 280 range which he's still great, assuming he stays healthy, but he he's just not going to get the base hits that are needed to drive guys in like Freddie Freeman did. And it's just, it's, it's, it, it makes absolutely zero sense that the Braves had the money available, but we're like, you know what, nah, go ahead, Freddie, go play with the Dodgers. We'll be all right. We'll see you in October when they might not. Um, but now we're going to get to some award contenders at the quarter mark. Um, I'm not going to go through every single baseball award because there's a lot, but we are going to go through the uh, National League and American League MVPs, Cy Youngs for both leagues, and Rookie of the Year for both leagues. And we're going to start off with the National League MVP race. So right now the contenders for that seem to be uh, Manny Machado as the front runner. Um Nolan Arenado with the Cardinals. Mookie Betts is on fire right now. He's trying to put his name into the National League MVP contention. And Bryce Harper, the reigning, defending, undisputed National League MVP of the world. He's doing exactly what he did last year. Um, and this year, he seems like he's going to be doing it for the entirety of the year instead of the second half where he was just otherworldly and had the best second half ever in the history of baseball. And uh, it seems that being the DH is what needs to, needs to happen for Bryce Harper. Uh, he says he wants to get back on the field. Um, he's great in the field. He's a great right fielder. He's, he's very underrated at right field. He has one of the, the, the strongest arms in right field. So, you know, the Phillies are missing his defense in right field, but his offensive production is making up for that at the plate. Uh, of course, Manny Machado, he's been otherworldly this year. However, his Babbitt um, is over 400, which is just insane, and which means that he has hit into an astronomical amount of good luck. So his, 
his uh, his season so far, it's not sustainable. He's not going to keep up a BABIP batting average on balls in play over 400. That's that's impossible. You can't you can't do that. Um, Nolan Arenado, he he got off to a hot start, and uh, you know he's not as hot now, but it's Nolan Arenado. He is generally in the MVP discussion. Um, he's got the power. He's going to hit 280, 290. Um, and then Mookie Betts, like I said, he's been on fire the past week and a half or so. Seems like playing the Phillies got him got him going and got him decided that it was time to play baseball. And he's another guy that's usually in the MVP discussion. Um, right now, uh, my money would be on uh, just if the season ended today, Manny Machado would probably be the National League MVP. But like I said, his his what he's hitting right now is not sustainable. Um, so come the end of the year, it's probably going to be somebody different. Um, and all things considered, over the entire season, it, for me, it would be between Mookie Betts and Bryce Harper because they're the out of those four guys, they're the two best players out of those four guys, hands down, and. They are the two guys who can continue what they're doing over the full season. Um, so, yeah, it's for, for me, over a full season, it's between Mookie Betts and Bryce Harper. Uh, for American League MVP, Michael Nelson Trout, obviously. Aaron Judge, uh, Jose Ramirez, and Taylor Ward. So the Angels have two guys on this, according to my list, for American League MVP. Uh, Mike Trout is a perennial MVP candidate when he stays healthy. Aaron Judge, another guy that's perennially an MVP candidate, plus his 17 home runs so far this year uh, and on place for 60-plus home runs, which we talked about earlier. Jose Ramirez is off to an amazing season. He's a guy that's pretty much going overlooked for the majority of his career, uh, mostly because they had Francisco Lindor, who is highly overrated in my opinion. Um, but Jose Ramirez has been their best player for years now. Even when they had Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez was the better was the better player. Um, he's great defensively and offensively. And then, of course, Taylor Ward. He he's been on fire this year. Um, I, I don't see him keeping keeping up what he's been doing. Um, so he's probably the least likely to win it out of these four. Um, if Trout stays healthy, smart money's on Trout because it's Mike Trout. Um, what he's doing is completely sustainable for him because he's shown us time and time again that what he's doing this year is completely sustainable for him over a full season. The only thing is whether or not he can stay healthy over a full season. If the season ended today, I'd give it to Mike Trout over a full season. Um, it would be between uh, – if Judge breaks the 60 home run mark, it'd be, it'd be hard not to uh, – not to slide him a few first place votes, um, but it, for me, it would be between Trout and uh, Jose Ramirez still um, for American League MVP. National League Cy Young, uh, Sandy Alcantara, uh, the Marlins, Corbin Burns, reigning defending undisputed uh, National League Cy Young, Tony Gosselin, and Joe Musgrove are my four current runners for National League Cy Young. Alcantara has been insane to start the year. Um, it's going to be fun to see if he can keep it up over a full season. Corbin Burns is one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's shown that to us over the past couple of years. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, um, I doubted him coming into the year. I'm not even going to lie. I, I was I was a huge 
Uh, I was a huge Tony Gonsolin doubter, but uh, the Dodgers seem to finally be utilizing him properly as a starter um, and not a reliever. Um, and he has thrived as a starting pitcher um, and every fifth day starter for the Dodgers this year. Um, and then Joe Musgrove, another guy that um, kind of a kind of a dark horse coming into the year, but he's had a great season so far. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be up to whether or not he can stay healthy for the year. Um, but uh, if the season ended today. Um, my money would probably be on Alcatara to take the Cy Young. However, over a full season, Corbin Burns got to give it to him to repeat. Um, he's just he's it's insane what he's doing, and he's not getting getting any run support either. Um, but uh, but yeah, Corbin Burns over a full season, American League Cy Young. My front runners are Justin Verlander, Paul Blackburn of the A's, Nestor Cortez, and Shane McClanahan. Um. Again, I talked about this the other day, but just what Justin Verlander is doing coming off of Cy Young, Cy Young, coming off of Tommy John surgery and not having pitched since the Astros' first game of 2020, what he's doing is just insane. Um, and then Paul Blackburn, a dark horse. He's had a great season for the A's. Uh, he's probably going to get traded um, at the deadline, especially if he can keep up what he's doing. He's probably going to get traded so the A's can get some Good prospects in return. Nestor Cortez has had a great season. I don't see him keeping it up. And then Shane McClanahan is leading baseball in strikeouts right now in 76. Um, if the season ended today, my money would be on Verlander for the American League Cy Young. And over the full season, I'm probably going to give it to Verlander still anyway, just because out of those four names, he's the only guy with a proven track record that he can keep up what he's been doing over a full season. Um the strikeouts with McClanahan's crazy. It's going to be crazy to see, to watch, and see if he could, uh, if he could break 300 strikeouts. That'd be fun. Um, but uh, Verlander for Cy Young for National League Rookie of the Year. Got to flip pages. My front runners for Rookie of the Year in the National League right now are Mackenzie Gore, Seiya Suzuki, Alec Thomas, and Hunter Green. Um, all of these guys have had great seasons. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, probably the best one of all of them. Hunter Green has had the most national coverage out of these four guys. So, you know, you always got to give some votes to the guys that get the most national coverage because most majority of the time these, these, these awards are popularity contests more than they are actually given to the guys that deserve them. Not that Hunter Green would not be deserving, but he's not he's, – I mean, he's not having a great season. He's having an okay season for a rookie, but – He's given up more home runs than any other starting pitcher in baseball. So, in my opinion, he shouldn't be considered. But you gotta, especially if you're putting money on it, you gotta, you gotta go with what the rest of the country thinks, not what you what yourself thinks. Um, but uh, for me, uh, if the season ended today, my money would be on Mackenzie Gore to win it over a full season. Uh, probably say a Suzuki. Um, he's He's slumping right now, but he got off to a hot start, and I think he can get out of this slump and go back to go back to hitting pretty well. Um, but yeah, uh, American League Rookie of the Year: Julio Rodriguez, Jeremy Pena, Bobby Witt Jr., and Adley Rushman. Uh, Adley made his debut over the past weekend. Julio Rodriguez has been mashing for the Mariners. 
Um, Jeremy Pena has very capably filled the Carlos Correa size hole at shortstop for the Astros and then Bobby Witt Jr. for the Royals. Uh, he was the top, one of the top prospects in baseball coming into the season, the Royals' top prospect, and Adley Rutschman, the top prospect in baseball. Um, and naturally, being the top prospect in baseball, you would be your team's top prospect also. Um, season ended today. My money would probably be on Jeremy Pena because he's been the best hitter out of rookies across the board, National League and American League. And over the full season, I'm probably still going to stick with Jeremy Pena. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr., he's been okay. He's not been great. Um, Adley Rutschman is still a wait and see. He could, Out of these four, he's probably the only one that could give Jeremy Pena a run for his money. Um, but um, Julio Rodriguez is mostly a home run guy. Um, but Jeremy Pena has been doing it all. He's, he's just picked up right where Carlos Correa left off with the – Astros, and he's just taken the ball and ran with it. Um, and right now, he's the American League Rookie of the Year, hands down. Um, but uh, yeah, we will uh, take a short break, and we will be right back on the Baseball Fanatic Podcast. And we are back. We've got a few more things to go over today. This episode is... Uh, going to be our longest episode so far. Um, so I hope y'all are still with me. Hope y'all are enjoying it so far. But next we are going to take a look back at the midweek series that we covered on Monday. So the first series that we covered on Monday was the Phillies at the Braves. First time these two teams have matched up this season. Predicted that series to go to a 2-2 split as it was a four-game set. Uh, fourth game will actually be played later today. So don't know if I'm right or wrong yet, but the Braves are currently up two games to one, so I could be right come the end of the day, but I'm most likely going to be wrong. Um, Biggest takeaway I've had through the first three games of that series, the teams have combined for 33 total runs through the first three games. So there has been an average of 11 runs per game in this series. So if you wanted offense, you got it in this series. Like, what is pitching? It's 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 crazy to me that which the Braves did kind of catch the back end of the Phillies rotation, but the Phillies have been facing you know the front end of the Braves rotation, and it's still been you know eleven runs, an average of eleven runs a game over this series. Um, so it's not a series that I really expected this much offense out of, which. Uh, is it's 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 just crazy to me that they've combined for 33 total runs in the first three games. That's insane with the pitching that those two teams have. Um, of course, the Phillies bullpen is still the Phillies bullpen, even though they tried to make some upgrades to it. The Phillies bullpen is still blowing games left and right. Uh, but it is it's 33 total. That's a lot of runs for three games combined. Um, and then the other series we looked at on Monday was the Brewers at the Padres. I predicted the Padres to take that series two games to one. And wouldn't you know it, ladies and gentlemen, I was wrong. Bum, bum. Brewers won the series two games to one. And uh, if you remember, I had the Padres ahead of the Brewers in my power rankings on uh, Monday's episode. Um, so 
you know, depending on how the rest of the week goes for these two teams, might need to rethink that come next Monday. But you'll have to tune in on Monday's episode to find out. But yeah, that was the only two series that we took a look at on Monday's episode. So now we're going to look ahead to some weekend series. We've got a triple slate of four-game series to look at. So all four, all three series start today. First series we've got is the Yankees at the Rays. I've got this series going to a 2-2 split. Talked about the Yankees injury woes earlier when we were discussing Aaron Judge. Um, both teams are have our perennial playoff contenders, so uh, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a good series. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch uh, the 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 spend the spending ball Yankees versus the money ball Rays. I, I don't I don't know that that worked for me. I hope that worked for you. Um, and uh, the other series, the next series we got to look at is the Brewers at the Cardinals. National League Central matchup. Uh, Brewers leading the National League Central. Cardinals in second. I've got the Brewers taking this series three games to one. The Brewers have been just insane the past few weeks. Um, And like I said, I might need to start pushing them up my power rankings, getting them a little bit closer to the top because they've got the pitching and their offense is finally doing what it's supposed to be doing. And Christian Yelich is looking like looking close to Christian Yelich of old at least. So Brewers take this one three to one in my opinion. And then finally we've got the Blue Jays at the Angels. Another good series. Uh two current playoff contenders, one from the American League East, one from the American League West. Um I've got the Angels taking this series three games to one. I'm starting to be a a believer in Angels. So uh Mike Trout doing Mike Trout things, Shohei Otani doing Shohei Otani things, Taylor Ward doing Mike Trout things, and the Angels finally having pitching that's competent. Um, and the Blue Jays, their offense has just struggled so far this year. It's just uh, it, it hasn't it hasn't lived up to expectations. Uh, George Springer's been great, but really outside of him, uh, Boba Shett's been scuffling this year. They sent Kevin Biggio to Triple uh, A. Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s been struggling this year. As much as you can say, he's been struggling. Um, so, yeah, I've got the Angels taking this series three games to one. And that is going to bring us to a version three of Start Bench DFA. And on this edition of Start Bench DFA, it is going to be a three-home run game, a no-hitter, or a cycle. So, basically, which one would you rather do? Would you rather hit three home runs in a single game? Would you rather throw a no-hitter, or would you rather hit for the cycle? Or would you rather watch any of those three? Whatever whatever way you think of it in your head, just go with it and put it in a start bench DFA order. My order for this week's edition of Start Bench DFA I would start the no-hitter because, like I said in an early ep- earlier episode, I am very pro-pitching, and I would much rather watch a no-hitter than the other two combined, honestly. You could hit for the cycle and three home runs in the same game. I'd still rather watch a no-hitter. 
Um, that's not to say I would not like to watch a cycle or a three home run game, but I'm a pitching guy. I like pitching. So I would start the no hitter. I will bench the cycle because I would rather see a cycle than a three home run game because cycles are more rare than, well, I'm not going to say that because I could be wrong. Um, in today's day and age, it seems like cycles are more rare than three home run games are. And just home runs are way more prevalent than triples. So I would uh, bench cycle, which would leave three home run game to be DFA'd. Um, so I'm sure somebody will pick it up on waivers and I'll be facing it sometime down the line. But I'm DFA'ing the three home run game. Uh, so let me know what your order is. Start bench DFA. Uh, tweet at me on Twitter at the show's Twitter account, and uh, we can uh, we can discuss some baseball. I'm all for discussing some baseball, and that'll bring us to today's random player of the episode quiz. Good luck with today's. Today's is mm, I don't know. I don't even know how this guy showed up on the 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 scientific method that I used to pick the random player of the day. Um, so today's random player of the day, he's a New York Met. He's not currently on the main roster. He's 23 years old. He's a right fielder. He debuted for the Mets on May 17th of last year, 2021. He, he only has 18 career major league at-bats. And he has a career line of .056 batting average, .056 on base percentage, and .111 slugging percentage. Add all that up, and you get a negative 56 OPS plus, which means he has been 156% worse than league average over his 18 at-bats. I'm a... This is hard. I really don't, unless you're a Mets fan, or you watch this guy play in person, on the off chance that you caught him play in person, since he only had 18 plate appearances, it's Khalil Lee. New York Met, AAA right fielder, Khalil Lee. If you did get that, congratulations. Please let me know if you guessed that, because I, I'll have to shout you out on the next episode. Um, because if you got that, that is insane, and I would have never gotten that. Never, ever, never, ever, never even heard of the kid. But that is going to do it for today's episode of the Baseball Fanatic Podcast. Make sure you join us on Monday's episode where we will look back at the weekend series that we covered today. We'll look ahead to some midweek series for next week, and we will give version four of our Baseball Fanatic podcast power rankings. Follow the show. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible. You can find the video version on YouTube. You can follow the show on Twitter at T underscore B underscore F underscore pod, or just search for the Baseball Fanatic podcast. You can follow the show on TikTok now. Just search for the Baseball Fanatic pod. Uh, you can follow the show on Instagram. Uh, you can either search for Troy Brock or the Baseball Fanatic podcast. I'm not really sure. 
Uh, I don't know how Instagram works. I'm old and I don't use Instagram, but I decided I would start using it for the show. Uh, you can read my writing on Medium. Just go to medium.com, search for Troy Brock. Still working on getting that series started where I go through all 30 teams and rank each individual team's top 10 players of all time. Uh, spoiler alert, you can, you, can, you can bet your bottom dollar that Freddie Freeman will be on the Atlanta Braves top 10, and he will be firmly entrenched at the top of – not at the top. Well, maybe not at the top. We'll see. He'll be in the top five. Spoiler alert, he'll be in the Braves' top five of the Braves' best players of all time. Uh, but, yeah, when you follow us on Twitter, tweet at me, DM me. You can slide on into them DMs. My DMs are open. We can talk about baseball. Shoot me some questions for me to read on the show. I'll read your questions on the show. I'll shout y'all out, answer y'all's questions, and we'll talk about baseball. I love talking about baseball. It's fun. I just did it for 45 minutes. Plus, uh, again, not keeping any kayfabe here. I did it for 20 minutes before this particular recording with my microphone turned off. So I had to start all over. Uh, but, yeah, I made sure to turn my microphone on this time. And I'm glad because I've gone 45 minutes this time. Uh, but, yeah, that is going to do it for today's episode. Hope you all enjoyed it. I had fun. I've been Troy. Y'all have been awesome. Peace, love, and rock and roll. I'm out. Bye.